Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I want to give a huge shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a huge shout out to uh, all the new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a huge thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Now, I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties right now. I'm trying to get my, uh, get my guest on the line. So if you would just please give me a couple of minutes here. I'm trying to get her connected. We've been having some connect, uh, connectivity issues here. But uh, we're going to get her on uh, the line just momentarily. So while we're waiting for her for her to dial in a different way, uh, I just want to say Happy New Year again uh, to all of you. Hopefully you started your new year off on the right footing and everything is going well for all of you. But we're so excited to uh, be here uh, this night. Here it is on January the 12th, 2021. Who would have thought we would be here uh, at this time, at this precise moment, but it is truly a blessing to be here alive and well, and hopefully all of you are doing well with your families, loved ones, and everything. So we have a great show tonight. have a very good guest. Uh, we're going to be talking about your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors with money and managing your emotions. So please stay tuned for that segment. Uh, if you have any questions and or comments tonight, you can call in at 917-889-8078, and we will answer your question, or you can give a comment uh, if you would like on this particular topic. Uh, let me check in to see if my guest has made it in. Seal, uh, are you there? Okay, I think we're still waiting uh, at the moment uh, for her to uh, get connected here. 
So in the meantime, I just want to give you a little bit of update. For those that don't know, you can always listen to all of the past shows uh, of my show here on the CWR Talk Network. You can listen to the past shows on demand. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So uh, you can always listen to us at any time or, as I tell people, you can just say, Alexis, play the CWR Talk Network, and you can scroll down to my, any of my episodes uh, here on the Shape Your Finances show. So definitely feel free to take advantage of that as you're working, as you're driving, uh, as you're sitting home leisurely. You can always uh, tune in and catch an episode here on the Shape Your Finances show. Uh, let me try one more time to see if I can get my guest here. Uh, this is a very good topic. Uh, we're just having some technical issues at the moment, but uh, please, uh, please bear with us as we try to get uh, this uh, going for us. Hello. Estelle. Hi, Leno. How are you? How are you? Lots of technical difficulties this evening, but I'm here. I'm here. I've made it. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, you know, you 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 came in at the right time. I'm getting ready to uh, introduce you to the, my listening audience, so I'm glad we were able okay. to get through those technicalities. So we'll just go from here. Okay. So I'm glad glad that you're here. Okay. Glad you made it. All right. So all my lis- okay, all my listeners. So my guest has arrived. Uh, I'm going to go right into our uh, segment tonight. Uh, My guest, uh, she spent the last 10 years working for four out of the big five Canadian banks. By the time she left the bank, she was a financial planner managing a portfolio of $100 million. While she enjoyed helping clients with crucial financial decisions, she was attracted to the emotional and complex topic of money. She pivoted into the world of financial therapy and started her company, Holistic Optimal Health. Through her work, she aims to offer a safe space for people to explore their unique relationship with money in ways that offer them healing and expansion. She not only thoughtfully addresses her clients' financial challenges, but also attends to the emotional, psychological, behavioral, and relational hurdles that are intertwined. By addressing the area of money, clients notice a ripple effect on all the other areas of their lives, the relationship that they have with themselves and others, their careers, their health, and their overall life satisfaction. Going through her coaching and consultations allows clients to create an authentic, purposeful, and meaningful life that truly inspires and allows them to experience abundance in every way possible. Her, oh, by the way, she is also passionate about educating and inspiring others. She's an international speaker who has shared the stage with celebrities such as Brian Tracy, Robert Kiyosaki, <laughs> I don't know why I always mess up this guy's name, Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki and Evan, yeah. yes, thank you, and Evan Carmichael. Let's welcome to the show tonight Miss Asil El Baba. Hello, Asil. How are you doing? 
I'm great, Eleanor. Thank you so much. Well, I shouldn't even say grief because in the times of COVID, you go through a million emotion in one minute. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm experiencing a whole bunch of stuff all at once. That's the reality and that's the truth. Oh, yeah. I can, I can understand that. I, I can agree with you. And I'm sharing some of those same, probably some of the same emotions. Uh, 2020 was a very tough year for all of us. And we're still feeling uh, the effects of uh, of it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of tough right now. I tell people often that this is probably one time in all of our lives where we're all in the same boat, meaning we're all facing similar issues, uh, some yeah. greater than others, but we're all in the same boat, and we're all facing these things all at the same time, so. So uh, yeah. we we can we can cry on each other's shoulder and lean on each other during these times, which is a very comforting thing to know. And I think there's always blessing in disguise. And this conversation we're about to have tonight is very timely, um, but it also interestingly ties in with everything that's going on because it's not just about money as we're going to explore together. Um, it's really about how we feel about ourselves and the world around us as well. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's let's have this conversation then. You know, as yeah. a as a financial educator, both of us, you know, I know for myself, I often talk about the practical things that we can do to improve our financial outlooks, uh, such as budgeting and debt management. But we also need to address the emotional and the psychological and the behavioral side of life when it involves our finances. So with that being said, uh, let's just kick this off. Why is it important to address the emotional and psychological mindset of people? See, Lino, I think it's uh, it's basically the root of everything. Uh, they, people say it's 80% of what you do is psychology and 20% is technicality and, and uh, practicality. So how you think and feel about money is so important, uh, and it may also be the most important uh, indicator of how your overall personal finance and the health of your finance uh, is overall, because it ultimately dictates how you behave with money. So the behavior of what you act and how how you act is ultimately just the surface. And when you dig deeper below the surface, you access what's underneath that behavior, which is your thoughts, your emotions, and your belief system. And it's ultimately what's uh, resulted uh, as the circumstances you you have in your life. Um, and your money mindset is ultimately uh, developed towards um, the money through the different experiences you've had. So it's very important to cater and pay attention to what these emotions are so that you can further understand where your actions come from. Uh, you, you hit on something there. I know that uh, a lot of times, I you typically I would ask people, sometimes my guests that have come on the show, to kind of share some of their life experiences, because you're right, our uh, behavior around money mm-hmm. stem from somewhere. Uh, either mm-hmm. if we're productive with money or if we're not so productive with money, there's mm-hmm. a reason why we behave, we do things with money, good, bad, or indifferent. 
And it stems mm-hmm. from, you're right, from life experiences. And some of those experiences could be from our childhood. It could be from, yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of different uh, uh, reasons or sources yeah. of reasons. It's, it's not either or. All these sources uh, come together and shape the mindset they have around money, which ultimately control your actions and create that barrier you have between where you are and where you want to be as far as your financial health is concerned. So childhood is a big piece, but it's also, uh, you know, how you grew up, the parents that you had, their, like any religion uh, influences in your life, the culture you come from. Uh, a lot of it could potentially also be biology. So it's the nature versus nurture debate. And usually how we behave is a combination of how our brains are wired and also as a result of the circumstances we've been through. Uh, so it's a combination of both. So it's a complex topic for sure. And the goal is not necessarily to go back and say, what is the originating uh, time in which this particular behavior was installed in my life? It's not really about being lost in transition and going back and trying to decipher all that. It's really just understanding what it is that I do today. How does it show up in my life? What do I really struggle with? And what's the emotional root underneath this behavior? Because um, that's important. And that's a very key um, you know, indicator in going deep and resolving something from the bottom up, from the root of the problem versus just being uh, patching a wound with, with what they call a bandit, like they say. Right, yeah. Okay, well, tell us then, because I'm thinking of another question uh, that would kind of give uh, my listeners how you actually transition into doing what you're doing. I know that we have mm-hmm. talked uh, before how you you were in the corporate world and then you're mm-hmm. transitioning and doing your business now. Can you kind of shed, kind of give us uh, uh, a summary of how you transition from the corporate world into doing what you're doing now for clients? Of course. And, and, and giving you and sharing with you some stories that you'll get to put this theory I'm sharing with you in practice and how it actually shows up in our lives. So okay. as a financial planner in the corporate world, I had the privilege to, to manage clients and their investments. And people would come into my office, talk about their lives, uh, share with me the, the numbers on paper, and I my job was to put these numbers into a plan, make sense of them, and then implement strategies to help people achieve their goals. That, you know, it was, you know, simple to understand uh, because it's numbers and formulas. However, because of how complex we are as humans, this particular plan assumes that we are rational beings and we're just simply going to do what's on paper, when in reality, that's not the case at all. So I started realizing that I'm trying to help people with this practical tool, and yet I was dealing with emotional issues uh, because money brings up all these emotional issues uh, in, in our lives. Um, and I felt that I had the wrong, or I was using the wrong tools in my toolbox to address an emotional issue with logical means, and that doesn't get you anywhere. So I went back to school to become a therapist and transitioned and pivoted into the world of financial therapy so I can simply address how people feel and think about money before I even get to how they behave and talk about strategies and and things of that nature. Because digging deeper into understanding what money is in, in your life, what's the value it holds, what's the meaning it holds. So all these things are very related. So I'll give you a few situations in which um, 
this can can show up in someone's life. So one of my clients, uh, for example, she was almost in her 50s. Um, this particular person was never married and never had kids and had uh, over uh, $200,000 salary a year uh, for at least at least a decade in her life. She has been making this much money. Uh, so you would look at her from, from a macro level when you look at the numbers on the paper and the fact that she doesn't have any dependents. And she lived, you know, not super extra, like she wasn't a big spender either. Um, you would think she's ready to retire by 50. That's what the number, the story, the numbers tell is that this woman is ready to retire. The story in reality, though, is that this woman not only was so far away from retirement, she was actually in debt. Um, and, and, and these two things don't make any sense. And when you look into it further, uh, and you dig deeper into the the history this woman comes from. She comes from a minority uh, background, from a household that grew up in adversity, from a community itself that struggled with uh, with wealth. So she had a lot of guilt associated with becoming wealthy, with with what this means for her, for the sense of isolation and alienation that it created between her and the community that she so dearly belongs to. So subconsciously, this woman was finding different ways to get rid of that money. Not Obviously, you don't wake up one day and just say, I'm going to go and burn my money somewhere. You do these right. things very, very unconsciously. So she was giving them away, whether it's to charities or to people who came and asked her for loans or even falling into fraudulent schemes. Different ways showed up in her life that kept taking money away from her without even realizing uh, that she jeopardized and sabotaged her own financial success because she couldn't reconcile, um, you know, what money meant for her and, and how it really feels to have money when, when you have a background that struggled with that and a family that struggled with that. Uh, so, so helping that client, uh, you can't help that client by putting the numbers on a paper because on a logical level, she's, she's an executive she, she understands the, the logic, but it was different tools that you needed to address the issue. And that's really trying to revisit the belief system that this, this client had about what money is and trying to help her identify how dysfunctional this belief system is that kept her away from enjoying the fruit of her own labor. And that's one story of many. Like I have a million stories I can share with you. Um, so let me know if you need another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know, it, it reminds me, Dana Seal, uh, I look at a lot of entertainers and athletes that, mm-hmm. that came from humble beginnings, and then yeah. when they are drafted into their, their profession, and they're making millions of dollars a year, where this is, they have had more, they have, they have made more money in one year than they did all of their years of growing up. Yeah. And they, they, some of them, unfortunately, uh, have have spent all of the money by the end of their career. Uh, yes. Some of them don't just don't know how to even live because they have so much money that they yes. don't have any plans. I mean, so that explains a whole lot. That I, I love the 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 story that you just shared because it this reminds me of athletes and entertainers who have some of the Great same analogy. issues. Yeah. 100%. Because ultimately, think about it this way. Uh, how much money you make and um, 
the comfort. So we all have a comfort zone in which we are comfortable within a range. We, if, if, we, if we start making below that range, we become uncomfortable. But also if we start making above that range, we become uncomfortable. And that's because that range that we tell ourselves we belong to is a part of our identity. And anything that takes us out of that comfort zone introduces a new identity factor that our brain starts to fight because it's un, it's an unknown territory. It's like who is this person? You, it's it's a sense of alienation. The, even even if your uh, even if your situation started improving to to better, it takes time for people to cope um, with these changes and to make them in a mindful and intentional ways. Uh, which often in the case of the athletes you're mentioning, it's almost like an overnight thing. And, and there's not a room, there's not, not a lot of room of adjustment um, and their identity hasn't caught up to, to the situation. Wow. So, so, so how do people overcome uh, the emotional and or psychological barriers that are placed in their lives? How do they do that? Mm-hmm. So the first step, and that applies to everybody, the absolute first step is universal, and that's because it's awareness. You can't change something you're not aware of. So it's the hardest step to start with, but it's also the most necessary thing uh, because being self-aware helps you to start recognizing the sabotaging thoughts, which in itself is not easy. Um, But without doing this, you simply won't be able to improve your mindset. So step one is absolutely becoming aware of that. And how you become aware of it is really seeking professional advice. Uh, Some people, everybody has a different journey in how they alleviate their mindfulness and consciousness in a way. Sometimes it's in dealing with professionals. Sometimes it could be life situations that force you to wake up and, and realize something that you may have not realized in the past. So the absolute first step is to become self-aware that these things are happening. And usually people start noticing them when they start realizing patterns in their lives. So one of the things I, I realized, uh, I'll, I'll give you a personal story. There were times where every single time I had a sudden um, you know, increase of cash flow in my life, whether it was a promotion, whether it was a bonus, whether it was like, um, like a gift of uh, money of some sort, it almost always followed uh, money disappearing somehow. So one time I got into a car accident and I needed to pay a deduction. One time my wallet, two times my wallet was literally stolen and there was oh, some wow. cash in it. Um, yeah, so there was like mis- unfortunate events that happened almost always following these events. And and the part of it, once I started to realize wait a minute, what's going on here? This happened like four times in a row where now this is a pattern that's established in my life. What is the root of that pattern? What is really going on here? I started realizing my own limiting beliefs around money, and that's almost because um, I, I, I grew up in an environment, particularly my dad, who believed subconsciously that wealth is bad or that wealth corrupts people and that part of my spiritual longing um, almost had a you know disconnection with what it's like to be a spiritual good person and being wealthy at the same time. So subconsciously, I was trying to almost whatever money comes in my life also get rid of it because right. of the association it has of, of of it being bad. So the first part is becoming self-aware that these are limiting beliefs I'm holding on to. 
Now, after you become aware of them, uh, what I try to do with clients is bring more context to how these things came about. Um, so revisiting some uh, the, the childhood uh, family system you come from, really putting context into how these belief systems started, how were they created, uh, so that you can revisit these, these plans in your life and bring um, mindfulness into it. And then the third step, once you, you know, put context to the awareness, is to start working on it directly. And there's so many different therapies in which you can do that. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is, is a common one. Um, that's when you start focusing on challenging and changing unhelpful, unhelpful cognitive distortions because what happens with these things is what we tell ourselves it's not necessarily the truth there's no such thing as an objective truth it's very subjective based on our own experience and what happens with the way we deal with money it's you know sometimes based on distortions we've told ourselves as ways that helped us cope with our surrounding in therapy we, we give this a name called um, creative adjustment so creative adjustment is all the different creative ways we had to adjust to our surroundings. So we need to, to heal these things and bring, um, bring new ways of being. So visiting the limiting belief itself and, and transforming it into something empowering and then integrating it into, into our lives. So that's the, how, the, the work of therapy and the work of coaching and different modalities. Uh, but if you were to work on it on your own as an individual, let's say you don't have access to professionals that can help you, you can start by um, using meditation and gratitude and self-care practices that start giving you a deeper awareness to what's happening when you're dealing with money. Yeah. You know, something as you were speaking then uh, that came to my mind is ongoing education, meaning healthy 100%. education, uh, either mm-hmm. through reading, uh, even listening to list, all my listeners. Uh, Asil has a podcast, which she's going to make mention of a little bit later, but uh, mm-hmm. listening to people such as yourself, listening to people, uh, all of us as financial educators, I think it's very important to get good, healthy, uh, informative, useful information if you cannot mm-hmm. afford, like I said, to, uh, to have a therapist or a coach in your life, make sure that we're doing something to make a change yeah. and to make a difference in our lives to help us overcome that. Now, what that being said. You know said, when they say uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears? Have you heard of that before? Yes, I have heard that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I totally believe in that. Like, your teacher may, may show up in a very different form, but when you're ready, you're going to find the answers, whether it's different videos you watch on YouTube or different books you start reading or different professionals you start talking to, um, things will start to shift once you're ready for it, for sure. I believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, is there a difference depending upon uh, the generation? You know, look at millennials versus Generation X. Uh, is there a difference that in your experience when uh, you're working with people? I think this is an interesting question. I think there are certain uh, themes that you can start seeing across different generations, but also across different cultures. Uh, but for example, millennials ask themselves different questions than 
than the older generation did. So the older generation, uh, like the generation right after the Depression, for example, was mainly concerned with survival, was mainly concerned with working uh, in a secure job and, and, you know, was concerned with stability. uh, And they were also concerned in injecting back life to the economy. So their spending habits was very much... um, that's where credit cards and the whole idea of becoming a consumer population increased right after the depression, because it was right. a way for the economy to survive and, and get back on its legs. Um, so, so it created a lot of habits and how people viewed their careers, but also how they spent their money. Um, now, millennials started re- re-questioning all these things, like a lot of things don't make sense how we do things today don't make sense. Uh, I'm a millennial, so I can relate. Millennials are a little bit more on the idealistic side where it's like we, we want to have work that is purposeful, that is, you know, that is in alignment with our values and who we are in the world. So how we view career and our, and the reason I bring career up is because career is how you make money and there's energy in how money flows into your life. And, and that's a big, big theme in itself. I noticed, and I'd love to do a research to support this is just a theory, but how you make money and how you feel about the job in which money comes into your life, in my opinion, impact how you spend it. So for people who had um, um, like a, a void or, or they had a big dissatisfaction in their careers, which is unfortunately a big percentage, would, have, would go home on a Friday after a long week at work feeling empty and dissatisfied or frustrated or angry or whatever it is, and they may resolve to spending habits to fill that void. So they spend money mindlessly to, to fill the gap of joy they're feeling resulting from their job, and it's a vicious cycle in a way. So they're stuck in these jobs longer because they're trying to make up for the fact that they're unhappy in it, and it's, it's just a cycle that feeds itself. So, so that's why I talk about career, um, because I think how money comes into our life is as important as how it goes out of our life. And bringing, bringing um, intentionality to that flow is important as well. So obviously, different generations deal with different uh, challenges. So millennials, on the other hand, uh, something that's not so positive, you know, some people may refer to this generation as the entitled generation. They, they, they may also um, expect things to just happen. It's like short-term, um, like we just want things to be immediate. Uh, yes. So there's a little I, I, bit I, of... Yeah, I call it microwave from? mentality. Microwave mentality, yeah. So yeah. how that may impact uh, the millennial generation is it's inability to be forward thinking. So it's more myopic. It's thinking about how can I maximize my resources right here, right now, versus my overall resources uh, maximization over a lifetime. And that's actually the economic utility theory uh, because there's two, two people in, in that round, the doers and the, the planners. And for some reason, millennials tend to be doers. It's like, you know, I'm living the moment. Um, type of situation. So it's interesting to see. I think that there will, whoever does the study, uh, these are all theories based on right. people I've worked with and clients I've dealt with. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of study can, can be done to actually examine 
the different generations and the impact um, they have on the spending and making, like just money in general, regardless yeah. how they deal how they deal with money in general. Yeah, I, I like that. Please let me know when that can be uh, summarized. That, that's a very interesting yeah. uh, theory there. That's yeah, it a, you, is. You can, it is. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Now, now, I want to jump to something. Just, just, just thinking about it. Uh, see where we are in the world today, and of course, when we uh, just started the show, uh, we can we both attest to the point where we're kind of emotionally fooled right now. And looking at it from a uh, mindset, a money mindset standpoint, you know, I'm so afraid that we have so many people that are becoming so exhausted with everything, you know, Mm -hmm. from the coronavirus to the economy, depending upon where you live, uh, that I believe a lot of people are taking the, what I call the mindset of go for broke or I don't care anymore regarding their money. What are your yeah. thoughts? What are what advice can you give to those people or to people that may have that mentality to say, well, you know, mm-hmm. to heck with it. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to. What are your thoughts or advice on that? I grew up in that, actually. I grew up in that um, so much so that it, it impacted my whole life and my whole upbringing. I grew up in Lebanon, and Lebanon is a war-torn country, so this uh, whole mentality of living for the day is part is so infused in the culture because the future was very very unpredictable and uncertain. So this is very familiar to me, um, and, and it's it's like literally part of home. Um, now on one side, <laughs> Lebanese people are known to be very fun and party animals as a result of that. But truth be told. My dad retired without any savings on his bank account. And when I asked him why, he, he certainly didn't lack the education. He certainly, he was one of the smartest people. He was given a PhD. Uh, he was an engineer and given a PhD scholarship because of how smart and capable he was. And yet okay. he didn't save. He didn't save for retirement because he lived in an environment where that future was, wasn't right. even part of the equation. Wow. Um, so, so it was common for me to to see that mentality come up uh, where people are living for the day. They're like, I don't care anymore. I, 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 you know, I'm just gonna, you know, the world is ending. Right. Might as well enjoy it. And what yeah. I would say to people like that is, ah, it's it's really important that we start thinking about what our futures look like by bringing intentionality to it and it's so tough I forgot who said that but it's one of my favorite quotes the best way to predict the future is to create it so people who have a hard time saving in general have a hard time saving because the idea of their future self is very vague so what I would suggest for people who are having a hard time with that is to start creating a future that they feel excited to be a part of whether it's thinking a month ahead or a year ahead or five years ahead, pick different time zones and think about what, what the best version of that timeline would look like for you. What's the best, like what would be uh, 2023 like for you? What do you want 2030 to look like for you? And, and just spend some time visualizing that because there's actually a scientific study 
that was working with people um, that b- took a picture of who they are today and, and created a 20 years uh, older version of that picture to help people literally see themselves as older. And just by doing that, it started influencing people's spending and saving behaviors because now people had a visual of them looking older. And just by doing that, they, they started becoming more future-oriented. So I, I, I know that we're dealing with a lot. I know that, you know, things, we're not going to be perfect every day. There's days we're going to be making uh, unnecessary and, and certainly irrational spending decisions. I suggest when we fall short of what we need to do to practice compassion and self-love and self-care, because that's important, not to beat ourselves up when we fail, that's that's really crucial. But the second piece of that is to really become intentional about creating the futures that we want to be a part of. And the more clarity we bring to what that future looks like, and the more excited we become towards building that, the more disciplined we can be today, despite the challenges we're dealing with. I love your response there. Uh, I would like to add to that. Uh, I know with relationships are so important in this day and time, especially where, mm. we, where we are. You know, we can't necessarily go into the offices like we used to. Uh, we can't go even out like we used to. Now we're having to uh, go to Zoom or go to other platforms to be able to even see and interact with each other. I think it's important that is uh, just to add to that is to have an accountability partner, someone who mm-hmm. uh, could be a good close friend, uh, having someone as a mentor that has the financial wherewithal uh, that can yet be a teacher to you, but you have somebody mm-hmm. that you can bounce things off of. You can share your frustrations with. You have a listening mm-hmm. ear. And I love what you said about, pretty much finding your purpose, finding a mm-hmm. purpose in life. Very, very important. And then the last point yeah. that I was thinking of was, was being able to help somebody else in the process. Yeah. You, what you said is key, finding support and, and becoming, having accountability groups, uh, being part of a community. One of the things I'm very passionate about is creating a safe space for people to show up and speak about money um, and, and, and continue be, being mindful of it. And in doing that, you're, you're respecting the, that energy in your life and you're continuously nourishing it. There, like I said, there will be days where I'm not going to be perfect and there will be days we're going to make a mess out of a decision. But as long as we're able to catch ourselves and, and, and you know, regulate ourselves back to the right track versus just snowballing the snowball effect of, down railing from there, um, yes. that's important. But the yes. support group is so, so key. Yeah, okay. All right, well, let's see. I have one other uh, question I would like to ask. Well, a couple of more, rather. We have a little bit more time. We have about, we have at least about another 15 minutes or so. Uh, okay. How about this one? What should people focus on during these days of uh, Related directly to COVID-19, of course, there are other things in life that's going on, but what should be a good focus for people to kind of look to during these days of COVID-19? 
Mm-hmm. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is self-care. It's so important before anything else to really, really up up your game in self-care. Um, so if, if you used to not meditate at all, make meditation part of your practice. If you used to meditate five minutes, make it 10 minutes. I mean, whatever it is you used to do for your self-care, I would say even double that. Uh, and if and if self-care was not even part of your schedule, make sure that it is. Like that is the primary thing and the first thing because it's the foundation upon which everything else is built on. And mm-hmm. that foundation is your emotional and mental and physical stamina. It's the strength that comes from within. So you need to certainly dedicate resources throughout your day to put attention toward your body, toward your mental state and your emotional state. And, and during the times that we're going through, all these things are being attacked. Like we, we are more stressed and anxious than ever before because uh, our body and our brain specifically is designed to deal with the short-term stress. But on a heightened, um, like on a heightened and a prolonged stress duration, which what we've been going through this for almost a year now, uh, other, like the brain is starting to take resources from other areas, whether it's their cognitive abilities. That's why a lot of people are feeling drained, less productive. Right. They're experiencing like a foggy concentration uh, they're, they're maybe uh, more emotional, they're more restless, and all these things are natural to happen. So if you double down on your self-care, you're going to be able to deal with this overall in a much better way. So that's absolutely, like I can talk about this for hours because how, yeah. how important it is. Uh, what I would also suggest is um, make reflection uh, also a priority. And by reflection, I, I specifically... Uh, talk about meditation, visualization, and journaling. So meditation is is to help you just, uh, you know, calm your mind and connect to the higher part of who you are. And visualization is to help you start focusing on that future that we talked about earlier that can get you excited and that can help you, uh, you know, attach yourself to that sense of hope. I mean, what's what's life without hope? Um, We need to know that this, period of time, as challenging as it is, is a period that's transient. We're going to get over it. It's going to be over soon, and we're going to move forward to something different. I, I like to say move forward instead of going back, because <laughs> people say, right. I can't wait for things to go back to normal. I say, I don't know what going back looks like, but I'm excited to move forward. So start creating what that moving forward looks like for you, um, and, and focus on that. What, what are these things looking like and what you can do in the meantime but also focus on your values focus on finding what your core values are and how you can honor them every day because anybody who lives outside the alignment of their values is going to be experiencing disconnect in their life and usually money is one of those things that you use to fill the gap of these voids so when people are living like i have clients who when I worked with them, they realized that creativity was a big value for them and that relationships was big value for them and health were big values for them. But when you look in their life and how they're spending their time and how they're spending their money, none of, none of these values were, were properly showing. Uh, and I tell my clients, show me how you spend your money and I'll tell you who you are. And if, if, mm. if you're 
if your spending habits aren't telling me who you are, then you're clearly not uh, being mindful of, of where your money is going. So the, 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 what I would advise clients to do is really spend time uh, revisiting what their core values in their lives are and making sure that their lives represent that in the way they show up in their day, in the way they, they, they spend their money, in the way they, you know, program anything around it. So, for example, my top three values are health. Health is my number one because when I'm healthy, I'm able to shop for everything else. Uh, relationships is number two, um, and I also value growth and spirituality. So every day I'm asking myself, how am I structuring my day in such a way that honors these values? Uh, creativity is another value of mine. Um, and how can I structure my life in a way that honors these values? How am I living these values? And then filling the gaps in places where you're not. Um, so, so that's, Another uh, thing I would advise people to focus on, finding their values and aligning their life to these values. And I would also su suggest that all these things are great. Um, waking up every day and having a morning routine is so crucial. Focus on having like routines that rejuvenate you. Um, morning routine is one of them, and, and having a night routine is another um, and lastly, when things don't go well, I said that before and I say it again because it's important, sometimes we just beat ourselves up uh, when, when we're not as productive as we think we should be or when something goes wrong in our lives. But this is the time to realize that we need to be super, super self-compassionate with ourselves yeah. and with people around us. So focus on yourself, focus on the values you care about, and focus on the relationships that you um that you honor and you you want to you know support fantastic list I, I i have a habit of whenever i have guests on i personally make notes for myself because i always look <laughs> at it i'm always open to learn to uh better myself so this is a very good list to focus on during these days some of these i'm definitely doing uh, I know something else that I'm doing is to, you, I think you mentioned uh, creativity, uh, being yeah. very creative and looking at the world differently, but creating different things that would help myself, help my family, help other people. Uh, mm -hmm. I've actually been involved in some new projects now. Uh, I hadn't made mention here on my, on my radio show, but I have an opportunity to get on uh, uh, to the to have a show now uh, that would be streaming on uh, some of the television streaming uh, platforms now. So just That's another, exciting. yeah, yeah, very exciting. So, but it, it, it wouldn't have occurred any other time than right now. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so at the same time, things are going on. I'm very appreciative of being able to settle myself down to try to maintain good mental strength, good e emotional strength, surround myself with good people to try to keep myself going. And yeah. you just added to that list for myself. So I made notes of some other things that I, I'm definitely going to be doing from the list that you just provided. So, Yeah. And spend time outdoors. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I come from Lebanon. So I grew up in, in a very Mediterranean, uh, beautiful fair weather. It's, 
country and, and I haven't really embraced winter. I live in Toronto, Canada now and I've been here for 16 years. But this year I bought skates for the first time. I have yet to use them. Um, but I just received <laughs> them like last week. So, so it's yeah. not been that while. But, but I'm going to start embracing like the snow or, or the cold in general and just layering up and still going to, for a walk and embracing yeah. winter for whatever it is. Uh, so nature and the outdoors is another thing to focus on because it's so serene, it's so beautiful, it's majestic, and it really helps you, uh, you know, be filled with gratitude and appreciation for this world. So gratitude is, is another one. I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's no, so no. many things to focus on. Anything but the news, that's the bottom line. Right, the news exactly. Is the one thing you should not focus on. I, I agree <laughs> totally. I agree totally. You need to take <laughs> Take some time away. Take some time. Pull yourself from the from the news channels and focus in on these things. These things here are vitally important. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So give yourself a break, uh, listeners. Give yourself a break from the television news and from the news coming through the airways. Uh, find, utilize this list that Asil just uh, just provided for us. So all right. Well, as we're coming down to a close, Asil, if you can please uh, provide to my listeners here uh, how people can reach you or how they can get in contact with you for assistance or to just stay in touch uh, via any type of workshops, events, or webinars, if you can provide all that necessary information of how people can reach you. Uh, of course. Um, you can reach out to me. Uh, I mean, my Instagram page is Baba, A-S-E-E-L-D-A-B-A. I also have uh, a my company, HolisticOptimalWealth.com. Um, so holis- it's, it's in the show notes. I saw that so people can visit my website. Yes. Um, another, or you can also add me on LinkedIn, Baba. Another thing I have coming up right now is, uh, um, so I started a group coaching program uh, called Money Mind Matters to help people understand the uh, interesting relationship they have with money, but also to coach them uh, to integrate the different pieces of new awareness in their lives. And my next cohort, it'll be my sixth cohort. It starts on Wednesday uh, 27th, January 27th, and it's every other Wednesday for eight sessions. Uh, and for because of what's happening in the world, as in as part of my new year, um, I decided to release this particular cohort on a pay what you can basis. Um, so I encourage if anyone's listening and is interested to be become part of a group coaching experience uh, to reach out to me. There's still three spots available for that class. Um, it's because it's capped at eight. I cannot have more than eight to allow for maximized uh, experience and participation. So um, I'm excited about that because last year I started this program and I had over 40 people uh, through it. And it was a fascinating experience to create that space where people show up and explore the relationship they have with money, bring more awareness and understanding to it, but more importantly, heal it so that they can move forward with something more empowering and productive for their lives. Uh, and that's, uh, that has been uh, such a great program that I created as a result of COVID, actually. So okay. um, I'm going on with it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. 
Well, it is an absolutely, it has been an absolute pleasure, Azil, having you here on the show. And I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect uh, uh, earlier through LinkedIn and knowing that we share, we, I call it, we're, we're in the same lane. Uh, we're headed in the same destination, now, of course, is to overall help people in and around their finances. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad to share this lane with you tonight. Uh, thank you so much for being a part uh, here on my show and sharing your insight, your expertise with all the listeners here. So thank you so much for being here. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Leonel, for the work that you do and for also uh, creating this avenue for, for yourself to educate and inspire others um, and sharing your, yourself with the world. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Well, okay. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, I want to say thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't connected with me on social media, you can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can also visit me at my website at shipmanconsulting.com. That is www.shipmanconsulting.com. If you want to send me a message, click on the Contact Us page, send me a message. Also, just to remind you of my two books that I have, uh, I wrote wrote a book about three years ago called Sacred Vows, The Knot, A Knot, and I also had my first finance book that I had published last year called Money Responsibly. You can get both of those on Amazon, or you can go to my website and request an autographed copy, and I can get an autographed copy in your possessions. Now, as we get ready to close out, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. We will talk with you next week, but before we go, you know I always have to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. So check out this tune by Mr. Marion Meadows. Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 